welcome to So I've Been Told. My name is Adam Kramer, and this is my podcast. If you're a first-time listener, I uh, I guess some background is that I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I now live in Rochester, New York, and I like to talk to people who are doing cool stuff. And so my guest this week is Tony Deppin, and he's definitely doing some cool stuff in the world of professional wrestling. If you've listened to other episodes, you know that I am definitely a wrestling fan. So this is a really fun conversation for me. I've known Tony uh, for a long time, just through uh, DIY, punk rock, music stuff back in Central PA. So this was really cool. I hope you guys enjoy it. It was, uh, just so you guys know, I recorded this, I think it was over a month ago. So any dates that Tony mentions are probably past. So I apologize. Uh, I've just been busy with other stuff. I I give that disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. So I'm sorry for repeating myself. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Tony. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? Good, how are you? Good, you can hear me? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Might be a little hard to hear. My voice is a little hoarse from this past weekend, but so if there's times that my voice starts to shoot down, it's not because of connection. It's just because my voice sucks. All right, weird. So I don't know if you've have you listened to any of my other episodes. Probably not, but I'm just curious if you have. I had no idea you had a podcast. If I would have seen promotion, I'd probably listen to it. Cause okay, I, weird. I, yeah, I've been. Uh, basically, what I do is you've probably you've you've heard. Uh, I'm assuming you listened to the Jeff Cannonball episode of Turned Out a Punk, since you guys are friends. Yes. yes. Uh, basically, I heard what Damien was doing with that podcast and was like, I should basically rip him off and do the same thing with people I know that are doing cool shit. So that's that's basically what I'm trying to do. That's cool. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> I mean, really, I don't know you super well. We've kind of known each other in passing for a long time but I don't know you real well and my first time meeting you was kind of in that weird little punk scene in Schmokin so what was you know well if that's cool we'll talk about music for a little bit too that's fun awesome Perfect, cool that yeah so what was what was your introduction to like punk and underground music um probably in 2001 I went to the beach with uh, a friend of mine, and his cousin was really into punk music. I can't remember what I was listening to at the time. I think maybe, like, All American Rejects or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he started playing me Anti-Flag and the Casualties, the Exploit and stuff like that. And I really got hooked on the, like, just the anger and the emotion that was through the music. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to that a lot, and then around 2002... Uh, the same friend I went to the beach with, he said that the Trevorton VFW was holding this show with uh, PHK and Operation Blue Hawk and all those bands from earlier that time. Yeah. He's like, we need to find a ride out there. So uh, we went out there, and it was just a whole new world for me because I wasn't used to this because there was like circle pits going, people moshing like crazy. They'd punch their friend in the face and then pick them up and <laughs> hug them right afterwards. It, it was awesome to me. I had no idea what to expect. So I was kind of taken back, but also in the same sense, I was just like amazed by the, by the, like the unity that was brought through these kids. Like they're kids. They're Brandon Hart, who had a 
seven foot freaking mohawk, and then there's this Eric Ruzicka who looked like a normal kid, you know. So it was cool that everybody's just friends no matter what. Yeah. Cool. Now, when did you start playing in bands? Because I know there's some of that that happened a few years later. I think 2005, roughly. Um, one of my best friends, Andrew Kovaleski, Cove, as you know him, mm-hmm. um, he was in so many bands for so long, and he was in the Arsenal for a while, and they started pretty much fading out altogether. Like, they all started having their differences, and they all wanted to do different things, and he wanted to keep going, and he knew I played bass. He asked me if I wanted to play. I was like, hell yeah. That was, I always wanted to be in a band with Drew because, you know, it's just great to be in a band with your best friends. Yeah. So about 2005, I practiced with them, and then we started playing a bunch of shows and just went off from there. Awesome. Now, how, how long was the Arsenal a thing before you joined? Because I didn't even realize that it went back that far. 2004... It's when they played their first show, but they were practicing okay. and doing stuff in 2003. Cool. I was at one of their first practices, and I was just like, I, I, they played their first song, which was Rules, and the first thing I said to Drew, I was like, damn, you guys are fucking fantastic. <laughs> I was like, I'd love to be in a band like this. Dude, that's awesome. Who were the original members of that band? Uh, well, Robert Hickson was the singer, Steve-O, as everybody called him, Aaron McGuire was the bassist, Okay. Cub was the guitarist and originally the first drummer was matt adams mm-hmm. but then uh something went down that he couldn't uh practice enough so they got ryan morose to be the drummer okay cool and how long how long did the arsenal do stuff oh we split up in 2012 okay because i remember this is there you know yeah uh, I remember there being a lot of different members and all that. Yeah, Drew and I were like, after Steve-O left, I was the, Steve, Drew and I were the most consistent members over time because I was in it for six years, Drew was in it since the inception. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you know, some people would come, some people would go, so. Yeah. Did you guys do, was it mostly just like Pennsylvania shows? Did you guys do any touring at all? We never had the opportunity, like we'd always, like, you know the trade shows that everybody would always talk about. Yeah. And I would, I put on shows and I would let these bands play, and then come time to reciprocate that, they'd be like, "Oh, we don't have anything for you, man. We don't have anything for you." It's like, okay, you can go to hell. But we played all over Pennsylvania at least, so that was cool. We we, we got to play with some bigger bands that I looked up to, so I, it wasn't like crazy like how some bands do. Like they they tour all over and all that fun stuff, but I had a hell of a time with it. It's so much fun just playing random shows and being with meeting random people and trying to have conversations. For sure. And I'm friends with people that I met from being in the band still to this day. Like just from playing. I would I remember the guys from Arsenal Mayhem. I was close with them when they started playing and then they all broke up. And I was at I think it was like five years ago I was in, I think Nanakoke scene the Pouncing Souls play mm-hmm. and some guy looks at me and he's like I know who you are and I look at him I go oh shit it's Bob and was Bob was the bassist the Arsenal Mayhem okay. and that was the cool. first time I've seen him in seven years yeah and then the same with um, their drummer they were playing with Anti-Flag because he was in a band called One Win Choice mm-hmm. and they played with Anti-Flag and I was there and Justin walked in and he just stopped and he's like 
what the fuck? He's like, Tony? He's like, so great to see you. And then somebody's like, yo, Justin, we need to go on. He goes, shut the fuck up. I'm talking to him. <laughs> That's awesome. So the the shows you were booking, where were most of those at? Um, well, when the Capitol was running, I did, like, I think two shows at the Capitol. I think I did two shows at um, at a Locustdale Fire Company. Mm-hmm. A couple at the the skate shop, the local skate shop in Shemokin. Yeah, I remember that place. That was the place was dope. Yeah, unfortunately, somebody had to be a cunt and call the cops. Yeah, got shut down. And then I, the majority of the time, I ran a bunch of shows at um, Tuesday Tunes. Yeah. Now, uh, along with the Tuesday Tunes shows, I remember, I remember, I wasn't at any of these shows, but I remember hearing people talk about doing like wrestling stuff at yeah. shows. Uh, I honestly don't know anything about that. I was at like almost all of those Tuesday Tune shows, but I didn't make it to those, and I wasn't interested in wrestling. I got back into it over the last couple of years, but at the time I didn't know anything. So what were those shows like? Well, um, that was just because I was, I was backyard wrestling at the time, mm-hmm. and you know, like I noticed in the local scene that all the shows were the same. It was, you know the same bands every month or or whatever the or whatever the owner of Tuesday Tunes liked at the time, that was what was there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something different. And somebody called me up and like, Hey, do you want to run a wrestling show? And I think I said to him, I was like, Do you realize that in the state of Pennsylvania you need a lot of licenses and uh, insurance to run a uh, wrestling show? So I thought to myself and I decided to um, pretty much circumvent the law and I decided to promote uh, music because I was under the the business license of Tuesday Tunes able to run because it was under Jess's umbrella. Yeah. So I decided to just post all the bands and just kind of like in the smalls like that there will be a wrestling show as well. And we did um, one band would play and then a match would happen, you know, yeah. so on. Like, I think we did, like, four matches, I think it was. So, I think it was, like, five bands and four matches. Oh, that's so cool. What bands were playing those shows? Oh, shit. I think Already Gone played, I'm almost mm-hmm. positive. Um, Dude. The Cum Shots, which, is, which was a band that Drew and I were in okay. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just pretty much a straight 80s hardcore band. We didn't, we didn't have any crazy riffs or anything, it was just, like, Four chords. There we go. Cool. Um, God, I think the Arsenal was on one of them. I can't remember the other bands that were on it because it was, that was like was seven, a long eight, time ago. Definitely. nine, yeah. three, nine years ago. Holy hell! Yeah, yeah. That was I. I was just putting bands on like if they if somebody asked me and like they're different, I'd put them on. I never wanted to have the same style of music on the entire show. Yeah, dude. I thought that was a. A good philosophy to take because a lot of people just wanted to have the same style on, and I feel that you're only you're generalizing your and you're making your clientele such a small base that you're not going to get a great turnout. Yeah. So I'd put a punk band on, I'd put an acoustic band on, I'd put a, like I guess uh, like a pop a popier band on, and I I've done relatively well when I would have my shows. Yeah. Well, and, and back in that scene too, like in general, I I just feel like the mixed genre shows always went better because there's there's not enough bands in any one subgenre to like 
keep everybody happy and really, you know, have separate shows. Oh, yeah. Because I, I think in that general area, like, everybody likes to mix up everything. Yeah. Like, you don't see your kids with that are just, like, straight street punk guys or guys that are straight pop punk. It's like guys like everything. Like, I like pop punk. I like melodic punk. I like street punk, hardcore punk. Same with Drew. Same with you, because I know you're into that style of music. Yeah. So, like, just to say I'm only going to book punk bands, I'd make myself very limited, because I know everybody liked everything. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like it's it was so different back then, because it was... I mean, obviously, at that point, the internet was a thing, but, like, you know, for... I don't I don't remember how old you are, but I'm 30, so like I didn't you know grow up with the internet all the time, so it was like you just kind of consumed whatever you could get your hands on. It's not like now when you can, you know, find whatever niche music you want and just oh, yeah. find out everything there is to know about all these bands. Yeah, basically, because I'm I'm gonna be 29, so I'm right behind you. <laughs> uh, you had to search through everything to find bands. Yeah. Like, I remember back in, I think when MySpace just started cracking up, and I would, like, just search for every single band. Like, I'd be on top for, like, underground bands. I'd be like, oh, I know this band, I know that band. And then, and as I get older, and then, like, it seems like it's more accessible to find bands, I find myself way behind on bands. Yeah. I Me too, for sure. Now, as far as those wrestling shows go, was there any footage of those because i would love to see that unfortunately not that was uh, I think that was pre-youtube had, too yeah exactly wait <laughs> so that's where everybody said stop it though uh so like everybody always says like well why did you post on youtube like you realize youtube came out like what 2006 yeah it wasn't was like, a big so, deal yet yet yeah i was like so like i think i recorded i'm almost positive i recorded the matches mm-hmm. but something happened to the tapes that they messed up so I was kind of bummed because they were a lot of fun. Like they weren't anything crazy, but it was so, so much fun. Yeah. Now, did you? Now was the, was that all? Did you just figure out how to do wrestling on your own with the backyard stuff, or uh, did you have any training at that point? Um. Well, I went up to I joined backyard wrestling, and the guys that initially started the place. They always wanted us to come up and at least learn the basics of wrestling so we didn't die in okay. the ring. So, like, I guess you could say I had some form of training before I started, like, um, doing those shows at Tuesday Tunes. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see it as training. At least, I, I could have got through a match without hurting somebody. I know that much, at least. So I guess that's a plus. Yeah. No, it's we're... more than some guys on the Indies today have. Yeah. It's more than some guys in WWE seem to have. <laughs> Uh, like where did uh, where did you go for that training? Is that was was that just kind of through friends that that happened, or was there some kind of official you know thing? Well, the first training, the set of training, like was just going up to our back the backyard where the wrestling was at, and we they would be like, okay, guys, on Wednesday we want to meet up here. We're gonna learn everything. We're gonna go through stuff because mm-hmm. the guys that were up there prior. They had training in wrestling. Like, they were trained, so it wasn't, like, the blind leading the blind. Yeah. It was just, like, you know, the colored blind leading the blind, pretty much, at least. Colored Because <laughs> they weren't fully trained as well, but they had more training than I did. Yeah. So, like, we'd go up, and after, like, maybe on, like, a Wednesday, and then 
we'd go through what they want to go through. And then on maybe like a, th- a Thursday and Friday, Cove and I would go up on our own and just train because mm-hmm. we really wanted to get good at what we were going to do. Yeah. Now, where was that that you were going to? That was in Shimokan. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> so what what came next as far as your, your wrestling journey after you know the the backyard stuff and the Tuesday tune shows well uh, I'd say a little bit after the Tuesday tune show I, I re- like after resting in front of the crowd um, I found myself wanting to wrestle in front of a crowd all the time <laughs> so there's a local training facility in Mount Carmel it's called PCWA okay. and my friend Andy Harner was training people there so I decided to jump on it and come in and train so because I wanted to do this and I was going to do it the right way mm-hmm. cool now from from there when did you start and where where were the first matches that you wrestled where were they at and I I know nothing about like I I'm my knowledge of indie wrestling is super basic. I mean, I'm I'm the guy who uh, like I'll watch all the WWE stuff. I'll watch when there's big other stuff going on. Like I watched Wrestle Kingdom this year, and I listen to the Torch every day. So I'm not like like I know some stuff, but as far as like I'm I'm not as basic as some people are. But I I don't have a a lot of knowledge about indie stuff and how it all works. Well, my first match was September 11th of 2009. Okay. And um, I believe that was, I believe it was September, September 11th or 13th. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it's, I'm almost, I know it's one of those dates. Mm-hmm. Whatever the one, it was a Sunday. But um, it was in a battle royal. We were the opener. And so in battle royals, you, you're told not to do much. So it wasn't anything spectacular. And I remember I wanted to go, I was like, I don't give a shit if someone tells me don't go out there and do anything. So I went out there and I did some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got yelled at when I came in the back. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, and somebody walks up to the person like, shut the fuck up. Don't talk to Tony that way. So I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. If this is how wrestling's going to go, who knows if I want to be in here for that long. <laughs> but that was just somebody being salty about things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that, was, and that was at PCWA. That was in Mount Carmel. Okay. Um, so then after that, I... I Wrestled up in Tamarco at a place called EGW. I wrestled my brother, and that was like the first singles match I got to do, which was cool because uh, back in, around the time when I started wrestling, you didn't have opportunities to wrestle in singles matches your first year wrestling. You would, and if you did, it would be a squash match. Okay. Compared to now, kids, they have like CCW's Dojo Wars and um, all these uh, studio tapings that places are doing. They're getting great exposure and great experience in their first year and I'm, I'm kind of envious of what they're able to get during their first year compared to when I was in my first year I just got the drizzling shits mm-hmm. cool now you're you're currently you're wrestling what are some of the promotions that you're wrestling for now I'm currently CZW which is combat zone wrestling mm-hmm one Point Wrestling, which is based out of New Jersey. I'm currently their champion. Awesome. As well as True Wrestling. Um, uh, Legacy Wrestling out in, down here in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. I just wrestled in Canada last week or the weekend prior to that at a C4. 
I'm in Tier 1 Wrestling in Brooklyn. Okay. Did you get some poutine while you're in Canada? Yeah, I, I don't understand the hype. It's just French fries with gravy on it and cheese curds. I don't know, man. So, it's it's pretty damn good. No, I'm not saying it's bad <laughs> by any means. It's not. It was good. But, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, poutine, you get, like, the most amazing thing. And I look at them like, okay, they're French fries. It's gravy, it's gravy fries, and you just throw some cheese curds in it. Yeah. I mean, and then I got hell it, from people because I put ketchup on it. Ah, gotcha. But my, my Canadian friends said that I was okay. Weird. Weird. Now, I'm sure, like most people, when they hear CZW, they just think about hardcore matches. And I don't, I haven't seen a lot of your matches. I've, I've seen some stuff on YouTube. But I don't even think I've ever seen a match where you've bled. Um, so, do you ever do hardcore matches, or do you mostly not do hardcore matches? Predominantly, I do. I don't do hardcore matches. I, I, I just did an I quit match last weekend, which was just like I got the shit kicked out of me pretty much. But I ended up wrapping. I took the ropes down and wrapped around a guy's neck and kind of hung him. So, and then I've done ladder matches before those are a lot of fun mm -hmm. but i have bled once or twice by it was freak accident though but normally i just i do uh straight up wrestling I'm, i don't mind hardcore wrestling it's just i want it to make sense and i want it to mean something yeah cool i don't now, want to get just thrown in a like a, a light tubes and ladders because of the fact that they want to see light tubes and ladders i don't want that yeah is there extra pressure wrestling just straight up wrestling matches um for czw when like their reputation is all about like the hardcore stuff at least that's my perception of it i could be totally wrong not at all because czw has toned down on the violence a lot of people when they hear of czw and they look up czw they're looking at tournament of death yeah tournament of death is strictly a death match show no yeah. matter what it is not a wrestling show mm-hmm so, like, if you base your opinion off of Tournament Death, you're going to think they're all death matches. Mm -hmm. But they have some of the best wrestlers in the world that wrestle for CZW. You have David Starr, Dave Christ, um, Tim Donst, uh, Jake Christ, Desmond Xavier, Shane Strickland. Like, these are all top-notch wrestlers. So, like, if if you think that they're just death matches, you, then you haven't watched much material. That's yeah. as simple as that. Like. A lot of their stuff is really good, and I would put it up against any independent promotion except for maybe a PWG because they're a whole new level of what... Mainly because their fans are a bunch of drunks and they just go nuts for everything. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I watched that Tournament of Death documentary, and I've, I've seen some stuff here and there, but... Uh, so I'm, I'm just kind of assuming that that's what, you know, the, the perception is. They have about one death match a show. Okay. And then about seven or eight other regular matches. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, the the match that I watched, I can't remember what I told you. Which uh, what was the name of the pay per view? Awakening. Yeah, dude, your your match was awesome. Thank you. And I didn't really, I didn't, I, I basically I, I saw it uh, a stream of it online, and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna check this out because I know the Deppens wrestling for them, and I didn't watch the whole card, but your your match was awesome. Thank you. I, I was really happy with that match because. I work very well with Tim, so... Yeah. Very cool. Now, 
you know, going back to the music thing, do you ever, do you think you'll ever step back into that world of, of playing in, you know, punk bands or DIY bands? And how does that, you know, in, in your viewpoint, how does that, what are the similarities between the two things? Like wrestling and music? Yeah, like wrestling and, and like, you know, punk rock and, and all that. Well, um, Drew and I were, or Cub and I were just talking this weekend on my way to West Virginia about getting back together and just not even playing shows necessarily, but just making music and then recording it for our keepsake. Because mm-hmm. when we were in the Arsenal, we decided to, re- uh, our friend had recording stuff. And we recorded like 27 songs, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And we were we took a lot of time to do it, and we were very proud of it. And then uh, our buddy sold the equipment to somebody, and I contacted the guy that he sold it to, and he's like, oh, I deleted everything. Oh, that sucks. So I was really pissed about that. So like Drew and I were just like, it'd be great to just play music and have fun. And like the similarities between wrestling and um, music, is there's a lot of them, to be honest. Like both are underground. But both of them, it's like, you're DIY. Everything I do, all my merchandise, I make, or I don't make myself, but I pay out of my pocket. Yeah. I do it myself. Nobody's backing me to pay it. Like, and then like the traveling constant, like a tra- constant traveling schedule, and then like the interaction that you have with the fans because when I played music I made sure that I never stood still and everybody always said that it looks like I was having so much fun yeah just by going up there playing and when I'm out wrestling I go out there and I'm not quiet I'm 100% straightforward Mm -hmm. and everybody can just tell that I'm having fun and I'm a passionate person at what I do the reason my voice is hoarse right now is because the fact that I'm out in the ring going nuts for 15-20 minutes on a, like every like weekend so yeah. I really feel like both of them or one can help me with the other like playing because I used to play in my boxers when I was in a band mm-hmm. so like that got me over the fear of wearing short spandex <laughs> because I played in front of people I didn't know I played in front of fucking people I went to high school with that I never talked to a day in my life Yeah, and I did that so now it's just like I go out there and people are like, aren't you afraid, you know, walking out there? Because I'm not the most fit person. I don't have a six-pack. I don't have large arms, but I don't care mm-hmm. because I have confidence and I have passion in what I'm going to do. Awesome. Now, what's what's your long-term goal? Like, I know I'm sure everybody asked you this, but do you, do you hope to someday, like, make it to the highest level and wrestle for WWE or something like that oh. or... I would kinda... never say never. Yeah. But currently, I don't see WWE as a main goal for me because in my life, what I want, WWE, WWE wouldn't be able to give me. Like, I don't want to be 300 days on the road. I want to yeah. be home. Like, I'm getting married soon, and I like to, I'd like to be home with my wife. Yeah. Congratulations, be, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to be out 300 days of the year and never seeing her and such stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. I well, like coming home yeah so. well i mean i, I just figured I, I had to ask especially since like you know this isn't generally a wrestling show so i have to ask the the basic obvious questions that everybody probably asks you well yeah it's a it's a common question there because everybody wants to know like i would one of my biggest goals right now is like i just want to keep getting better because i feel like i have a lot to work on but i'm in a prime position to really to to make some names for myself so yeah. I want to just keep working hard and maybe go to Europe. Or, like, I already went to Canada, so that's out of that's crossed off my list. So I'd mm-hmm. like to go to Europe. 
that that's definitely a goal up there. Maybe work for a Ring of Honor at least once or twice and, yeah. and pro wrestling gorilla. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, man, I mean I uh I mean I I've, I've known that you've been doing the wrestling thing for a while through Facebook and but then you know, I've, I've listened to, like I said, I'm a, a big fan of the Turned Out of Punk podcast, so I was stoked to hear somebody I know mentioned on that podcast. Yeah, uh, Jeff is actually one of my best friends, so... Very cool. And I actually wrestled him that night that he did the interview. Awesome. So, he, and he's like, I'm going to do this podcast, I'm going to put you over, and I was like, awesome, you better. That's so rad. whenever we go on podcasts, we always put each other over, like, Jeff is one of my best friends, but I also, and this is me being completely unbiased as possible, he is probably one of the best deathmatch wrestlers going right now, mm -hmm. and probably like the future of deathmatch wrestling if he just keeps up the pace. Like, if you want to watch good deathmatch wrestling, you're gonna watch a Jeff Cannibal uh, match. Yeah, Dude, that's awesome. That. Very cool. Now, do you have any? Uh, do you have any upcoming dates? I mean, I'll probably put this out. Uh, probably next week by the like by the end of the week. So, um, do you have any anything you want to plug as far as upcoming dates, anything like that? Well, this Saturday I have CZW, and the following Saturday I have, which is the eighteenth, I have um, Legacy Wrestling in Mannheim. It should be a really good show. And after that I have off because I'm helping a friend move. But after that it's just like. And my April dates are just getting filled up. Okay. Like, when I, during the winter months, like, January and February, it seems like I don't wrestle as much because it seems a lot of companies are afraid to run due to, like, weather conditions. They yeah. don't want that to interfere with their business. But then as soon as the summer hits, I just get bombarded. I'm just constantly on the road, never home. Every weekend's taken up. Like, last year, we got our car with 17 miles on it, and we, we probably, I think today is the year... The year that we anniversary we had the car, and it has thirty thousand miles on it. Wow! Because we're just constantly going I'm on the go on a constant basis, never home. My friends are like, "Hey, do you want to do something?" I'm like, can't wrestling, can't wrestling. So, yeah, like it sucks, but also it's just, I like it because I'm I'm getting paid to travel places. I got paid to travel to Canada uh, the weekend prior to that. It was great. It was awesome to be up there because I was never up in Canada prior to that. Cool. Now and so are these independent promotions are they coming to you and, and seeking you out or are you trying to get their attention or how, how does that all work i think it's a mix of both okay. if you create enough if you generate enough hype for yourself or just a good fan base you could you'll have promoters knocking at your door like hey we want you to come down and, and i have that mm -hmm. czw um that was more just a lot of the wrestlers in the back putting word, a good word in for me. Cool. They're like, hey, you need to bring in Tony. You need to bring in Tony. And then with On Point, where I wrestle primarily, that was just a freak accident because I was taking a piss next to the a promoter at the time, and somebody mentioned that I wrestled. So he asked me to send some stuff. Cool. Now, do you have, uh, do you have like any anybody that you haven't wrestled uh, at any level that's that would be like, dream matches for you? Uh, definitely Chris Hero. He's one of them. I know that much. Mm -hmm. I'd love to wrestle him because I've been a big fan of Chris Hero for 13 years now. Um, other guys that I would like to wrestle, it'd be nice to wrestle Ricochet, but I just, I just think he would 
make me look like a fool because that guy <laughs> does not stop moving. It's insane. And then maybe, hmm, I always have a list of guys that I wrestle, but now I'm going to blank on who I would want to wrestle. Mm-hmm. If I could turn back the turn back the clock, I'd wrestle Dean Malenko. Okay, yeah. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, so wrestling him would be amazing, but that's never going to happen because he had a heart attack and he no longer wrestles. Yeah. Have you have you gotten to work with any, like, older guys that were in WWE, WF, or anything like that? Um, no, but I wrestled uh, the guy that he's in TNA right now is Braxton Sutter. Okay. I wrestled him for the, the old WWE guys, it seems like they're when they're brought in, they're brought in to wrestle guys that are, that work really slow. Yeah, and they're just going to do a few punches here and there, which is nothing against those guys. That's not me. So if I would wrestle one of those guys, I just don't think it would be beneficial to either of us. Yeah, I was I was like right before you said it, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I don't I don't see your style of wrestling really working with you know an old slow guy. Yeah, like I've seen. I've been on shows with all those guys, and some of them are very nice, some of them are complete douchebags. Yeah. But I just, I actually have no desire to wrestle those guys. I would like to learn from them, but not be in the ring with them. Yeah. Do you, you know, for the most part, keep up with the current WWE product? I try to. I, I was watching a little bit of uh, Fastlane, and then I realized that the entire pay-per-view was kind of bad. Yeah. Except for like two matches. And then I watch Raw occasionally, but I never sit through the whole thing because I... I get bored. Yeah, I mean, three hours is... I mean, I know every wrestling podcast talks about how the three-hour Raws are a problem, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of... It's just a, a, it drags out. I, I don't want to see it. If, if this was me when I was, like, ten, hell yeah. But yeah. me now, no, not a chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mostly watch the Hulu versions. I I don't I don't have an extra three hours every week. I, I try to sit through, I literally do, and then I just, like, get bored, I guess you'd say, and just turn it off or turn something else on. Yeah. I just think there's too much wrestling on, which is a horrible thing to say, but there's too much wrestling on TV. Like, like and with the network, so like, I'm saying, like, see, so you have 205, you have SmackDown, which there, there's three hours altogether, three hours for Raw, uh, an hour for NXT, and then if you have a pay-per-view, like... You're looking at like twelve hours plus. Yeah, and that's that's week. just WWE. Like that's not yeah. even like That's not TNA, that's not if you're keeping up with ROH, New Japan. Lucha Underground. Like, yeah, Lucha yeah, I forgot Lucha Underground. They they're doing the Netflix deal. So Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited about that because I didn't really keep up with it. Well, I don't I don't have cable, so I you know, I haven't been able to keep up with it. So I'm excited to get caught up on that. Oh yeah, Mitch, I I never got a chance to really watch it because it was on, I forget where, I think it was on YouTube or something prior. I, I can't remember. And I just never bothered watching it. But mm-hmm. if, if I'm sitting down one day and I'll put on Netflix, I'll watch it. But I never really would seek it out. If I saw matches, like single matches, I would put them on. And I, what I saw, I really liked. So it would be cool to watch the entire thing. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Like, everything I've seen on it just uh, has a very different feel than the WWE stuff. It has its WWE like moments where it's just like outlandish, but I feel it backs it up as well. Like yeah. it's just not completely far fetched. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, 
thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to talk to me and I hope that people hear this and they check out your matches and you know most of my listeners are I have a lot of listeners back home in Pennsylvania this is on well you know Chris Decker yeah this is on on his podcast network oh really so Chris Decker if you're listening yeah I'm sure he'll be listening especially since it's you know not just a random Rochester musician on my podcast for once yeah and also tag me in the post that when you post it and I'll retweet it and read everything and get some listeners from my end from like the wrestling circle because a lot of most fans if a wrestler does a podcast they like to hear and they like to they like to dig deep into somebody's personal life and not a lot of people know about me playing music it's not something I talk about a lot because nobody brings it up I've talked to people about it like this past weekend in West Virginia a guy and I were shooting the shit about a punk rock because he was a He's like a second grade teacher or something like that. Mm. And he just goes to deathmatch shows and you know, loves punk rock. So I was like, well, I, I love deathmatch reps. I don't, I don't do them, but I love it and I love punk rock. So we just had a solid like hour conversation. So I feel this might you know, bring some new people onto your podcast because they would like to hear more about just wrestling from me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, I, I really like our whole... I mean, I don't have to tell you that that area where we're from, it's it's so strange and kind of depressed. So to hear about people from that area doing big, cool stuff is really exciting to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to hear about what you're doing with CZW and all the other promotions and, you know, you don't, if you're, if you're sitting at home and in Shemokin or whatever, like, don't think you're stuck there. Like, you can, you can do, you can still do cool shit. Yeah, you, you can do whatever you want as long as you have the drive and ambition for it. Like, I didn't, I'm not where I'm at currently because I was like, you know what, maybe it'll come to me. No, I went and grabbed it. Yeah. Like, I got to, I'm very fortunate throughout my life that I was able to do cool shit, like playing music. I got to play with bands that I ever thought I would get to play with. And then with, wrestling i'm on shows with guys that i looked up to when i was like 12 years old watching independent wrestling so like when i've wrestled some of those guys too which is even crazier for me so just like if you set your goals high just go for them don't be afraid to set your goals high either because people are afraid they're going to fail i've failed i've had people told me i was never going to do anything with wrestling and they're the guys that are working one show a month and making five dollars or as I'm sitting here, and I haven't been in the red with a wrestling show, so I haven't lost money in the past year. I'm making money. It's nice. Awesome. Very cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna go 
You just heard No Relief by The Arsenal. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Tony Deppin. If you get a chance to go see him wrestle in person, you should do it. I haven't gotten to do that yet, but I'm hoping I get the opportunity to. And yeah, thank you so much. If you're a first-time listener, uh, you can you know, find more episodes of the podcast in the Podcast of Pennsylvania feed. And uh, I mostly talk to musicians, uh, but it's certainly not limited to that. And it would be rad if you check some out, checked out some other episodes. All right. Thanks so much.